Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. On today's show, we're recapping Anthony Rizzo's historic night and previewing the next matchup against the Orioles. Will the offense actually provide run support for Jordan Montgomery? We'll see. All next on Locked On Yankees. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yankee fans, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, your host for Locked On Yankees. Welcome to the show. If you're a newbie, welcome. Hope you enjoy today's show. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can listen to us on every podcasting platform available, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Yankees. So, I don't want to take credit for this, but I am going to take credit for this because last week, Abby and I recorded a show and we basically called it, the Yankees offense is bad. Now, since that show, the Yankees are averaging 7.8 runs a game. Their batting average is 311. They've hit 11 home runs and they're batting 310 with runners in scoring position. They've scored six-plus runs in their last three games and only did that once in their previous 14. So, you're welcome. I know I have nothing to do with it. I just think the timing is hilarious. Um, It's good. It's nice to watch the Yankees score all these runs, and they needed all of those runs last night because the Orioles were being pesky and annoying. (laughs) You know, it was a... uh, It was one of those games where you thought it was going to turn into a laugher, and then the Orioles cut the Yankees' lead to two. Then it turned into a laugher again when the Yankees went up by six. And then it turned into a scary game when the Orioles pulled to within two. And then, thankfully, the Yankees pulled away enough, and they won. So it shouldn't have been that kind of a game, but the conditions were not great last night. It was kind of damp. You know, probably probably with the way MLB is screwing with the balls. <laughs> Pitchers were probably having an issue gripping the ball. And Severino looked great up until the last inning. I mean, he was really on his game. And, you know, other than those blips, it was a good outing. He lasted six innings, which is great. You want to see that because you want to see these guys last at least six, maybe heading into seven now that we're getting toward the very end of April and into the beginning of May. And, you know, Lucas Leckie and Jonathan Lewisica, the Santander, is that how you say his name? That home run didn't even look like it was going to be a home run, although we could say that for Anthony Rizzo too. But that really, I thought it was going to be a fly ball. I think everyone thought it was going to be a fly ball out. And then it just kept going. So it was one of those games that the Yankees prevailed Thank goodness. But let's talk about Anthony Rizzo, because (laughs) that was quite a performance. And everyone who was kind of poo-pooing the signing, not poo-pooing it, I just was not, I was like, all right, they re-signed Rizzo. Okay, great. But he's been fantastic so far. He's 
basically been their player of the month, at least in my eyes. He's He's been unbelievable. And his home runs, you know, people were making fun of the fact that since they started keeping track of that stuff, his three home runs, the distance was like the lowest since they started keeping combined distance was the lowest because he hit one. What was it 327, 348, 356? So, you know, if they were Yankee Stadium home runs, that last one probably shouldn't even been a home, have been a home run. I don't know how it turned into one. I don't know what was on that ball that made it do what it did, but we're all uh, glad for it. Rizzo has just been amazing, and I feel like he can be that kind of guy that the Yankees need in their clubhouse, leading by example and, you know, just being a voice in the clubhouse. Joey Gallo hit his first home run of the season and his teammates gave him the silent treatment, which I thought was the funniest thing. And he thought it was funny too. I thought, you know, I like the relationship these guys have with each other. I think it's great. And yeah. And you could see him when he went into the dugout and realized what they were doing to him. He was laughing. And in the post game last night, he even said, you know, I haven't had that done since my first home run, which was a long time ago, but I thought it was funny. And Aaron Boone was talking about Rizzo's home run, the last one that hit off the uh, the pole. And he said, normally I don't look at the home runs. He said, I, I look at the hitters to see the reactions to where the ball goes. But for some reason, I chose to follow that ball. And he said, I have no idea how that was a home run. It looked like it was foul. And that's what everyone was saying. But I didn't realize this last night, and I'm very mad that I didn't include it in my post-game video. Last night was the anniversary of A-Rod hitting three home runs off Bartolo Colon at the old stadium, April 26, 2005. Can't believe that was 17 years ago, and I can't believe that I neglected to mention that in the postgame. Unbelievable. Because I'm one of those people who remembers dates like that, and... You know, the 26th was sticking out in my brain all day yesterday. And for some reason, I just wasn't getting why. And you would think Anthony Rizzo hitting three home runs on the same day would make my brain go, oh, right. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Okay. But it didn't happen. And they actually showed in the post game. I watched the post game this morning, not last night. And they showed A-Rod's three home runs off Bartolo Colon. I remember where I was watching it. I was in my apartment. I was on a message board at the time, and we were all reacting like, whoa, I can't believe this is happening. Although, why would we not believe it was happening? It was A-Rod. Eh, anyway. So Anthony Rizzo had a historic night, and he joins four other first basemen from the Yankees to do that. And... He is the fourth player in Yankee history to hit three home runs against the Orioles, which is pretty cool. Add that to the history books, the Yankees history books, Anthony Rizzo, three home runs. Yeah, they didn't go very far, but a home run is a home run is a home run because I know people love making fun of the short porch and hey, he took advantage of the short porch. That's what you're supposed to do. When you're playing in Yankee Stadium, you take advantage of that short porch and take it for all it's worth here. Let me just get the, hello, there we go. Oh, 327, 378, 346. And the exit velocities on them, 
99, 99.8, 97.6. And the launch angle, 35 on the 378-foot home run, 37 on the 346, and 48 on the 327. The 327 is the one that dinged off the uh, <laughs> the foul pole. Or the fair pole. It's really the fair pole. It's not foul. I think they should call it the fair pole. So, yeah, that was a good night for Anthony Rizzo and the Yankees offense. Um, in a moment, we'll talk more about last night's game, talk about the pitching in depth. We'll go into Seve's numbers. But first, our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted better gut health, more energy. I work out a lot now, so I want to be able to do the best that I can when I do work out. And I've been using AG1 for nearly two months now. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things that I need. I take it in the morning when I first wake up before I have my breakfast and my coffee. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into allergy season. You really need to feel good. It's one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, AG1 is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, where you get recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts who are taking fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So as I said, Severino looked good for the first five and two thirds of his outing, and he kind of ran into a wall. And, I, you know, it happens you can't really blame him. Um, again, the Santander, I think that's how you say it, home run really didn't look like it was going anywhere. And it just was one of those uh, things that happen with baseball. And, you know, maybe the wind took it or whatever was happening. Um, but Seve, you know, up until that moment looked really good and, you know, had a lot of his pitches working for him. He only gave up three hits. He walked two, struck out five, and, you know, his ERA on the season is 3.32. He's made it this far into the season, so that's a good thing, too. Um, <laughs> you know, everything looks okay, and if he stays healthy, that is a big boost to that rotation. It really is. Um, just, and I think I said that before the season started, that he's one of the wild cards. He's one of the guys that the Yankees need to do well. The other guys that I said the Yankees needed to do well, DJ LeMahieu and Glaber Torres. And who's doing well lately? DJ LeMahieu and Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres had a bases clearing triple last night and DJ LeMahieu was on a 12 game hitting streak. So yeah, that's big. Those two guys doing what they're doing in the lineup, Rizzo doing what he's doing in the lineup. 
if Gallo can get things going, you know, if Gallo can have a one for four every night and the one be a home run, hey, <laughs> that won't happen. But if he can get things going and if the home run can get things going for him, because that's once you get past that hump, that really kind of gets people going. So hopefully that'll work for Gallo. And oh, I forgot to mention Judge. Judge hit a home run on his birthday. Pretty cool. And thank God he did because he and Rizzo in the eighth inning turned it from a 10-8 game into a 12-8 game, which is a lot more relaxing going into the ninth inning when Aroldis Chapman is kind of iffy working two walks. Um, it's not fun watching Aroldis Chapman pitch. It really is not. We were spoiled for so many years by Mariano Rivera, really. And yes, he had some outings that were bad, but they were few and far between. He would have that week in August where he hit the wall. We would call it What's Wrong With Mo Week. We did that on a message board all those years ago. And it happened like clockwork around the same time every year where he would have two to three to four outings where he didn't look quite Mo-like. And then he would go back into Mo zone and be the guy that mowed everyone down. Oh, there's so many horrible puns there. Anyway, <laughs> so I think we're all spoiled by Mariano Rivera still. I mean, he retired nearly nine years ago. He's already in the Hall of Fame. And he's still in the back of our minds when we watch Aroldis Chapman because there are some days where it's not fun to watch him. It's almost like watching John Wetland again. Now, if you're not old enough to remember what it was like watching John Wet Wetland be the closer, it was an adventure sometimes. You know, he was good, but there were some outings where it was, yeah, Chapman's kind of like that. So, yeah, we're spoiled. We're still spoiled. Can you blame us, though? I mean, Mo was unbelievable. I said this about Nestor Cortez, I believe, on my crossover with Sully, that Nestor Cortez reminds me of Mo because it feels like the batter's kind of have an idea of what he's going to throw and that he's not going to throw hard, but they still can't hit him. <laughs> you know, Mo threw the ball hard and he threw the ball the same way and guys just could not hit him. They would luck into a hit every once in a while. And if Mo was in that what's wrong with Mo week period of time, guys could hit off him. For, but for the most part, so many of the hits off him were just bloops or broken bat bloops and... You know, it wasn't like they were creaming the ball off him. But Chapman is just so erratic sometimes. And watching him isn't fun. Because even when he has a good outing, you go into that outing expecting that it's going to be not so great to watch. And then when he does have a 1-2-3 inning and closes out a game with relative ease, you think to yourself, oh, wow, okay. Phew! <laughs> It's not that fun watching him pitch. It really isn't. This is the last season with him, right? I don't think they're going to re-up him because he'll probably want a lot of money and the Yankees are probably going to try and not give him a lot of money. They're probably going to focus all of their time and energy on Aaron Judge, which is very understandable. So let's look at the lineup as a whole last night, just quickly. So they had 13 hits, 12 runs on 13 hits. LeMayu, Judge, Stanton had two. Rizzo had three. 
obviously. All three home runs, six runs batted in. That was also a career high for him. Then Glaber, Josh Donaldson, Joey Gallo, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa were all one for four. Glaber's was a big one for four because he had that basis clearing triple. Gallo's one for four was big for him because he hit the home run and he only had one strikeout. Actually, the Yankees had nine strikeouts on the night. And the only one, let's see, with more than one was Judge. There you go. Not bad. And they were three for nine with runners in scoring position. So better than better than one for nine or zero for nine. Um, but yeah, it's fun to watch the offense explode. It's fun to watch them do what they're supposed to do. This is what you want this Yankees lineup to do. And it was smart for them to get Rizzo and Gallo. Gallo will get it together, but just know that he is a three outcome player and you're going to see a lot of strikeouts. I mentioned it yesterday with Aaron Judge in that first year. 52 home runs. He led the the American League in walks, but led the majors in strikeouts. You know, it's going to happen. These guys, the, a lot of guys strike out. It just feels like this first month has been a lot of striking out for Joey Gallo. But like I said, hopefully that home run will get things going. Because once you get the first one out of the way, it makes it a little easier. If you're waiting a long time for that first one to come out, I mean, you know, we're at April, it was April 26th last night. That's a long time to wait for a home run to happen. So hopefully that'll relax him and things will get easier for him. And then by July, we'll be talking about how Joey Gallo already has 20 home runs. Fingers crossed. In a moment, we'll preview tonight's matchup. Will the Yankees score for Jordan Montgomery? Will they continue that scoring role? Let's hope so. But first, it's time for me to talk about Built Bar. Hmm? Have you tried the puffs? You have to try the puffs. They're so good. They're one of the best things I've ever tasted. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% chocolate. They come in really good flavors like churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. All Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're low calorie, high protein, and you can replace your candy bars with them because they're that good. If you go to BuiltBar.com, excuse me, Built.com, scroll down to the macros chart and you'll be blown away by all the stats on every bar. And I always talk about the flavors. Mint brownie is my favorite. Coconut is good. Coconut almond is good raspberry is good because they're all covered in chocolate. So any flavor that you put in chocolate, it's going to taste good. Built Bar is all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I have no idea how they do it, but they pull it off every time. So go to built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So tonight... Will the Yankees continue their role and score a bunch of runs for Jordan Montgomery? Now, if you look at the matchup for tonight and how things have played out for each starting pitcher, it stands to reason that the Yankees should do well tonight, but you never know. Tyler Wells, who is Jordan Montgomery's counterpart, is 0-2 with a 6.75 ERA. So on paper, you would think 
you would think the Yankees would do well against him, but you never know. Baseball is a weird sport, and sometimes a guy comes into a game with a 6.75 ERA, and he shuts the Yankees down. That seemed to happen a lot last season. That was one of my biggest frustrating or frustrations watching that team last season. It always felt like they would come across a guy whose ERA was north of five, and they couldn't hit against them. Like games that you would think they would have an easy time with, they didn't. So let's hope that that pattern doesn't continue. Jordan Montgomery, 0 for 1. 0 for 1. <laughs> That's not it. 0 and 1 because his offense doesn't score for him, but his ERA is 2.51. He has 11 strikeouts. Now, I mentioned this yesterday. I'll mention it again. Trey Mancini, or not yesterday, the day before when I was doing the preview. Trey Mancini is the Baltimore hitter with the most at-bats against Montgomery, 23. He's batting 435, one home run, two runs batted in. And let's see, Mountcastle and Cedric Mullins have also seen Montgomery a number of times. Mountcastle has one home run and four runs batted in, in 16 at-bats. And Cedric Mullins has a 278 average in 18 at-bats. Now, as for the Yankees, they have not faced Tyler Wells that much, but Glaber Torres and Aaron Judge have faced him the most. They have six at-bats against him. They're both batting 167. So we'll see how that goes. So Anthony Rizzo, first baseman, three home runs. So he had his three home runs last night. Teixeira hit three home runs against the Red Sox in 2010. Tony Clark hit three home runs against Toronto in August of 2004. And Tino Martinez, I believe it was 1997, hit three home runs against Seattle in the kingdom. So yeah, he joined a pretty good company of guys. I'm surprised that Jason Giambi didn't have three home runs against anyone. I was at a few games where he hit two home runs. He did that a lot, but he never got three. That was an elusive thing for Jason Giambi. Um, I'm trying to think of if there were any games where he hit two home runs and they took him out for defensive purposes and then he didn't get a last at bat. I wonder. I should have researched that because I feel like he hit two home runs a bunch of times. I saw him do it in person at least three times in like one season in 2005 when he went kind of crazy in July and August. Um, my favorite of those games was definitely August 28th, 2005, when he had seven runs batted in against the Orioles. Uh, Royals. I do that a lot. Does anyone else do that a lot? I mean to say Royals, I say Orioles because their names are too, they're too similar for my brain to comprehend. But yeah. That was a young Zach Greinke that started that game. Baby Zach Greinke. And the Yankees ended up winning 10-3. And I was part of a website that did a lot of funny photoshops. And we changed the scoreboard to say Giambi instead of the Yankees against the Royals. And it said 7-3 because he basically beat them single-handedly. <laughs> uh, that's great. That's great. Those were fun times in the years when the Yankees couldn't get past the first round of the playoffs. Remember how miserable that was? 2005, 2006, 2007. Then they didn't even make the playoffs in 2008. Yeah. A lot of stressful games during those seasons, too. 
I went to a lot of those stressful games in those seasons because I was always stuck at Sunday night games because of my package. So I was always at Red Sox, Yankees games well into the night. Um, not that Mets, Yankee games were stressful. They were just, you know, you had to worry about your coworkers and bragging rights and, you know, God forbid. One time my coworker left a broom in my cubicle because he was a Mets fan and the Mets swept the Yankees in one end of the Subway series. Can't remember what year it was. I never saw the broom because my boss saw the broom because she was always at work really early. And she said to my coworker, do you want Stacy to do things with this broom to you? Because she will. <laughs> and they took it out. So, yeah, it was uh, interesting. Let me know in the comments if you, as a Yankee fan, had to deal with razzing from fans of other teams at work. Um, I get it if you live somewhere else. You know, but I do get it if you live in New York, too, because Met fans love to trash talk. Um, you know, some of them learn their lesson and some of them don't. You know, I don't talk trash anymore. I learned that lesson in 2004. So it's been a while since I've talked trash. Um, yeah, that was a hard lesson to learn, too. Oh, God. 2004 was the worst. Ugh. I still can't believe it happened. It's nearly 18 years later, and I still cannot believe it happened. Um, now, tomorrow's game is a 105 game. And you know what? We're going to preview it because I think I'm going to wait until after the game and do it as a post-game show and talk about what happens in the game. So let's go through the, um, the lineup. Let's go through the matchup very quickly. Bruce Zimmerman, I spoke about this when I previewed the series. He's 1-0 with a 1.20 ERA and 16 strikeouts. He's doing very well. Jamison Tyone, also doing pretty well. 1-1 one one with a 3.07 ERA, 13 strikeouts. He's looking very good. Um, we kind of knew that this was going to happen with Tyone. I figured that he had to get... Last season, out of the way, he was coming back from injury and, you know, getting used to being on the Yankees and pitching for the Yankees. And he's looking a lot better this season. And, um, you know, if he pitches the way the Yankees were hoping he'd pitch when they acquired him and Severino stays healthy and Montgomery keeps doing what he's doing and Cole rebounds, you know, like he builds upon that last start against the Guardians and keeps rolling. This is a f formidable rotation if these guys can stay healthy and pitch well and if the offense gets going don't expect them to you know keep scoring nearly eight runs a game every day but if they can get on some sort of a roll and not do the roller coaster ride that they did last season this could turn into a fun season if everyone stays healthy and maybe it'll turn out better than we all expected it to and better than everyone else expected it to that would be great i would love that wouldn't you yes Yes, you would. We all would. So let's hope that that happens. Oh, right. Aaron Judge against Zimmerman, even though Zimmerman's a really good pitcher. Aaron Judge, in it's only six at-bats. It's a small sample size. Two home runs, two runs batted in. He's batting 500. And as for the Orioles batters against Tyone, Cedric Mullins is the one that does the best against him. Also a small sample size, only four at uh, seven at-bats, two home runs, Three runs batted in, batting 429. Cedric Mullins is a good player. He's a pain in the butt, as I always say, but he's a good player. And if he were on the Yankees, I'd love him, but I don't like when he hits against the Yankees. 
Hit against the Red Sox and the Rays and the Jays, Cedric. Don't hit against the Yankees, thanks. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. Now make your second listen of the day, Locked on MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So enjoy your Wednesday, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.